0: Gates, Chapter 5. Back in 1993, when Dylan was only age 14, it was the eve of Halloween and Dylan was getting ready to go to his school disco and was putting the fish and duchess on his costume. He was dressed as a vampire. Dylan's mind wandered in a typical way, thinking of all the changes a vampire would have to go through to become a bat. Dylan was methodical about most things and how everything worked. His mind was swimming in the thought of it, flight, bloodlust, power, pale skin and black eyes. Looking up at the mirror to put in his glow-in-the-dark fat vampire teeth, there was nothing looking back at him. At first glance, he thought this to be a trick of Aaron's, his big brother. Dylan danced his head left and right, pulling his eyebrows down to shut up in his gaze, reaching up for the mirror with his left hand, if only to touch and feel its cold, sleek exterior, confirming this wasn't just all a dream, a literal picture if you will. Staggering back at the sight of his own creepy hand, it became pale. Almost white, bony, his fingernails pointed, sharp and black. He screamed out for his mum, but his voice tailed off and turned into a horrible growl. Smoke went in every direction, bellowing out, with Dylan at his setter. Getting over the initial shock and no longer feeling frightened, he began to grow wings and fur, changing his body, snapping and breaking along its way, resetting bones and growing new skin. He shook the ground with his first step as he opened the window with just his mind. His mum and brother looked at one another while they were down the stairs in the living room, his dad in the local pub. They both looked at one another and shouted, Dylan! in the confident manner that there was nothing wrong, that this was just their youngest sibling up to no good. Dylan stamped on the floor, took off through the window, and flew off into the sky still retaining his own teenage mind, thankfully not that of a bloodthirsty vampire the size of a small car. He flew around the sky in his local neighbourhood, freaking out the kids as they went door to door trick or treating, even transforming in front of a crowd of three trick or treaters for full effect. He knew that from school and didn't care for them very much. keeping his face hidden the whole time and skulking wings like a cape. He landed almost on top of them. The three boys were frozen as this vampire bat, still the size of a small car, crept ever closer. Now trembling with fear, it transformed into a vampire and shouted, BOOM! The boys ran for their lives. All the while, Dylan laughed like a typical teenage boy. Oh man, yeah! (laughs) That was freaking (laughs) awesome! Five years would pass for Dylan as he found so much more skills that he could acquire through his own sheer will alone. Keeping this a secret from everybody was the only worry he now had. Knowing he could cut off his own hand and instantly grow another one back at its place. He loved watching fighters like Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan because he could copy them perfectly. The entire world was now his playground. He could transform into a dolphin, jump in the waves next to a cruise liner in the Bahamas, soar as an eagle over the Rocky Mountains, and transform into a tiger, and prowl the jungles of India. A perfect copycat in every way, and now at the age of 19, that seemed to be the limit of his powers. And he wasn't disappointed, nor was his ego inflated by the seemingly fantastic and unfathomable changes to his entire body. Only one day, he met somebody he didn't expect to see ever again, his hero of old. 10 years later, he was greeted by a familiar set of eyes, William Bright, except on this day, he was in fact the opposite of what a hero should be. And He killed him where he stood. Dylan couldn't even finish exchanging pleasantries. Bill had slayed the boy. Bill Bright had not taken to his gifts so well. But for now, no, he just killed Dylan. With a goal in mind, he planned to reanimate this teenage boy and split his mind and memories, giving this extremely gifted boy a set of Fox memories leading up to his first transformation. So don't forget all of this. His mind was stripped. This became Dylan's forking time of his memories, all the way back when he was just 14. Bill took control of his life from then on. In returning life back to Dylan, Bill, with his greater grasp of the Ikori mono, began to mould the weapon of dark nature, the void, inside the boy. a weapon Bill could control to his own evil end. With a single thought, Bill could manifest the void from the depths of Dylan's mind. A day was an easier task to create and reinsert. Dylan had been all too good at hiding this power and quite a loner, for obvious reasons, in the last five years. He was too busy exploring the world and his own powers for anybody to see. But now, in his everyday ordinary life, he had no knowledge of these amazing events he had been relieved of. Instead, those powers for the next 20 years would be at the disposal of Bill Bright, unleashing that power on any foe he wished gone, void was good attitude. Any threat to Bill Bright's dream of the world at the heel of his boot would soon be crushed. Bill constructed a vast empire. Like their skills, this would all remain unseen to the human eye. As was the younger partner of Dylan. Also empowered with the Akori Mono was the psychopathic Paul. Dylan's younger life from the age of 14 all the way up to 19 had Fox memories inserted into his mind. He attended the same school with Bill Bright's son Paul. Albeit Paul was four years younger, they became friends. Having remembered their brief meeting back at Fistral Beach all those years ago, it would seem as if the weight of some lies are best carried with real truth. So Paul, age 11 to age 15, was all lies. Dylan, age 14 to age 19, was all lies, constructed by Bill. Dylan and Paul would carry this friendship back and forth, through the years and through both their alter egos, devoid and psycho, Paul and Dylan, evil Bill's plans, even extended to Dylan's parents, mind-wiping them and making sure that their boy and they knew nothing. 20 years now passed. Dylan and Paul worked together in a company of their own design called the Black Store. They sought tech so advanced that they shouldn't have been selling it. At a store that was even as advanced itself. They used to roam from city to city an HGV truck. But this was no ordinary truck. Dylan had a beautiful wife called Emily with her long black hair, green eyes, and a figure to make you bite your bottom lip and the wrinkles appear across your forehead. She was his everything. Together, they had two amazing kids, Jenny and Eddie, giving Dylan a whole lot to smile about, but at the same time, so much to lose. Dylan felt his life was whole. Such was the construction Bill made inside Dylan and Paul's heads. His mind was perfectly inside a little box, but devoid had so much more of a bigger box to play with. And for Bill, this was all so sweet. Dylan was a wonderful dad. Even when he was away from home on his frequent business trips, he would still take the time to video call his kids and ask them about their day, telling them all about the new toys their daddy gets to play with while he works. Well, the ones that he could tell them about tech like two rings, twin thumb and pinky rings that gave you a phone, laptop and even access to everyday life. Using a horizontal and a vertical tracker in your hands was all you really needed. Two rings allowed you to type into thin air. But where are the screens? I hear you ask. All you needed was a screw inside everyday glasses or sunglasses to give you the screen that you really wanted. The hat shape was good across all of the products, allowing the user to connect with ease. But the best had to be saved for their secret headquarters in Uddingston, Glasgow. This was a water tower that stood stories high and had a round configuration. There was about three in the area, but this one particular they used as the Blackstore headquarters, where they hold all their ideas, the meetings, brainstorms, and housed it. integrated, translucent. This was their own idea on how to make solid see-through. If you saw this water tower, you would know that the outside was made of solid concrete. Imagine on the inside of the water tower that it was now hollow, and that it was a huge open space inside. It would be completely black inside there, wouldn't it? Now imagine on the inside of those walls, they were all covered in organic light emitting diode or OLED screens. Those screens would be retrofitted with hundreds of naked-to-the-eye cameras on the outside. Now imagine those cameras were also working with a smart computer to lock onto eye movement as you looked at the screens, which covered every wall. So the outside world was brought in with the best picture quality known to man, making the walls seem as if they weren't even there. From the center of the building where the lift was, there were rooms, there were desks, there were chairs, there were offices, there was a boardroom, a meeting room, but what about the water pressure? I hear you ask. If this was truly a secret base, what of the water and what of the pressure? Not a simple, but a very clever idea nonetheless. It's the pressure relocators, or IPR for short. This system was one of Bill's highly overpaid projects to keep within the Blackstore headquarters. The details on this one are sketchy at best, but there's something in here about miniature. Black Holes Bill Blackballed lots of technology within the company. Just like his own involvement, the boys knew only what they needed to know. Paul and Dylan were oblivious. The only other person that was involved in their company was Preston Fiss. When he was their backing co-founder and CEO of the company, Paul's adopted father, he didn't need to do much except a few choice deals and land a few large contracts application. If anything ever did seem out of place, there was always the devoid Dylan and a psychopathic ball waiting for activation, should anything ever seem out of place. Yin Yang in perfect motion on so many levels, such was the genius of Evil Bill, Little did Bill know that Paul had already broken free and was secretly planning on freeing Dylan. All the while, Paul plotted, watching Bill and learning all he could for weaknesses, right under his father's nose. Was freeing Dylan the right thing to do? Could Paul even trust Dylan not to turn on him once he learned that he had been weaponized? Would Paul's plan be better pitted, backing himself? Or was this foolish going against his father all alone? Paul had to do something to free Dylan. Had to come up with an injection, a formula, something to break it free. He didn't know how much time he would have in cookies into his life. Paul felt impatient. He felt he had to break Dylan free. He had to do it, he had to do it now. But he still had to bide his time. Dylan and Paul were still at work, selling tech to another customer exclusive something they couldn't buy anywhere else that made them lots and lots of money Dylan and Paul once the customer had left exchanged a crisp high five just like old times Dylan slides open an app on his phone taps a few buttons and starts up a hip-hop track and blasts it throughout the whole shop really really loud the way their lives work they love their own company The sales figures, the market research, the selling techniques, to keep up with everything, and just keeping it real. Well, as real as it can be. Any world, no matter how much it seems real, when you peel back the layers, you will always find uh, the real reason why you're here. In this room, at this very time, right at this very second. Paul's still having so much on his mind about how to free Dylan. They locked up the shop for the night and headed out. Stepping out to the copper streets of London, they continued to joke about the day as they sink their smart keys and watched the lift go back up, all the way up to HGV, still hanging on the underside of the bridge, blending in perfectly. Dylan could feel his mind falling with every tick and click the lift made. Dylan, oi, Dylan, you just zoned out there, Paul said. Hey! Hey! Ground control to Major Dildo! Hello! Snapping his fingers in a sarcastic way, then rummaged around for something in his pockets. Dylan replies, I'm fine. I just felt like somebody stepped on my grave there. Ah, it was weird. Dylan and Paul said goodbye and parted companies for the night. They walked around 20 yards and stopped and turned to face one another. Just like an old fashioned war control, that these two possessed more power than any gun. Good evening, Psy, said Devoid. It will be, D, replied Psycho, with a large, toothy grin. Chapters end. Black as white.